Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. But how are you doing this morning? Everybody doing good? Good, good, good. I'm glad you guys are here. I am so glad you were here this morning because, not because I'm preaching, not because I'm preaching at all. I'm glad you're here because there's like this stirring with this message that I have it all written down and hopefully I'm able to get through it all, but there's so much more to it. That's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm praying and I'm like, God, there's so much to say with this because the Holy Spirit just keeps saying, oh, well, what about this part of it? What about this? And I'm like, can we just stop? I just said, I was praying this morning. I was like, all right, Lord, just share what needs to be shared. Cause there is just so much that I'm like, can you just remind me of that? Because there's not enough notes section here after I had already set my message up. It's like nine pages. I'm like, there's no more God. Like I'm trying to limit the Lord. Right. And, and I'm just like, all right, just take over whatever needs to be talked about. Let it just come out because yeah, it's a lot sometimes when the Lord's giving you all these downloads and look, I'm not even in the right section of my Bible. Um, so I just, I'm praying, I've been praying today that everything that he has is, comes out for you guys this morning. But we've been in a series called Galatians, and it's all about religion ruins everything. I heard someone say earlier this week, it was quite funny, and I might actually end up saying it in the message too. But I heard someone say as I was listening to them talk about Galatians, this pastor said, he said, it's kind of like um, a guitar. When you play the guitar and you strum one chord over and over and over again. That's the book of Galatians. Paul's like, over, I'm going to repeat this. Uh, chapter two, I'm going to repeat this. Chapter three, four, five, and six, he's like, it's on repeat. And sometimes for us, we're like, oh, I've already heard that. But clearly we are much like the church in Galatia where we need to rehear it over and over again sometimes. Because what Pastor Chris preached last week, we were talking about this yesterday, he, and I said, it was a good message. He's like, you didn't say it was a good message. And I said, I didn't say it was a good message. He's like, you didn't tell me it was. I said, well, I was taking notes, so it was a good message. I just didn't say anything. And he said, well, well, said something about like what he preached about. And I was like, honestly, I don't even remember what you really preached about. And I'm just going to keep claiming that it's mom brain because I'm like, I don't barely remember half the time what I preached the week before because God's done moved me on to the next thing. It's like there's that thing, but then let's build upon it. And a lot of you probably showed up this morning and you're like, oh, Pastor Kim's having church because look at her little churchy dress. If you weren't here week one, I'm going to unpack this for you because this churchy dress was meant to be an illustration that God then turned into me preaching week four and it kind of all met in my head and I was like, ah, it all makes sense now. I was supposed to preach week three of this message. And I was like, uh -uh, I'm not feeling it. And then come week four, I was like, oh, it's the dress. I got to put this dress on. And I tried it on. And I didn't think if you heard, I'm, I'm way jumping ahead of myself. If you heard me when it was hanging up here, I was like, this is a beautiful dress, but it won't fit me. And, and it's going to be beautiful on the hanger. And, and then it ended up fitting me. And I was like, oh, so this morning as I'm putting it on, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm wearing this dress. And I don't love this dress. I loved it on the hanger. I don't love it on me. I don't. But 
but it is churchy. Chris is like, I think you're not, you're in the wrong building. I was like, okay, keep your judgment to yourself. All y'all keep your judgment. I don't want to hear it. It is a part of a message illustration, and I am sacrificing for you guys to understand. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so we've been in this series. I'm, I've digressed. You guys keep me on track. Some of y'all have places to be today, and I know that. So anyways, we've been in Galatians, and, and in order for me to go to Galatians um, chapter 4, I do have to go back to the end of Galatians 3 quickly. Um, and Pastor Chris did unpack this last week. Sorry, let me clip this. There we go. So I got this holding on. He did unpack this, but just a real quick glimpse as to why religion ruins everything. The, the week one, I unpacked what the word religion means in its original context, and it means to bind up. So anytime we go back into uh, living under religion or under the laws of Moses or under these, these rules and regulations, we have to realize that we're binding ourselves up. Anytime we want to try and put other people under these laws and these rules and these regulations, what we're doing to them and what we're wanting them to be is bound up. So just that's the basic understanding of before I go into the next, the next uh, chapters here. But at the end of chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, if I could have you real quick, Pastor Chris, hand me the straw to that drink. Sorry, I need the straw for my drink, y'all, because there's ice in here. And if you know, <laughs> when I preach and I get ice, it doesn't work very well. Thank you. <clears throat> so Galatians 3, 26 through 29. And if you knew our challenge at the beginning, we're like, bring your Bibles. But I also know it's available to you here. So I don't hear pages turning. But here we go. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus or in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have been put or have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. Like I put this dress on today. It's like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For all are one in Christ Jesus. All are one. There is no more elevated person than the next. All are one in Christ. And now that you belong in Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. For our you are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Okay, so like I said, Pastor Chris preached on this last week, but I just want to remind you of what it looks like to be unified in Christ. This is what unity looks like within the Bible. This is what will show the world the heart of God is when we are unified as the body of Christ. This is unity. You see, when we live in a place of I'm better than you because whatever it is, whatever label you give yourself that elevates you above others, when we live there, we live in a place outwardly that God's love isn't able to be on display for others to see. Not because he's not working, but because we've made it all about us. We've made it about us. And when we make things about us, that pushes people away. It isolates people because no one wants to be around a proud person like that. Or let me clarify. No one wants to be around a super prideful person. Because when you're around somebody prideful, you feel it. You feel their judgment. You feel their, their like, the, how they treat you. You just feel all of that. And I get it because in our humanness sometimes we do elevate ourselves above others. It is part of human nature, I think. It is. So it's not something that's like I'm throwing condemnation on you about. I'm simply saying, be aware of it. 
Be aware of it because it's not the fullness that God has for us. It's not the unity that will show the world the love of God. Okay? So we have to understand that Abraham's promise from God includes us. Not just you guys here, but your enemies, your best friends, the family members you don't ever talk to. It includes all of them. You see, Abraham's promise here, it says, it says, I will give you this land for your descendants. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. You see, long before, long before us and before Christ was born into the human flesh, we were on God's mind. Long before we were ever here. We were a part of his plan. Long before we were here, long before Jesus showed up on the scene, we were a part of it. That is good news. That is so good. And it reminds me that it's all about relationship. Because he didn't have to have me on his mind. He didn't have to have you guys on his mind. But he did. And he chose to because it talks about it. Your descendants are numerous as the stars in the sky. That's us. That's us. That we get to, we get to receive the inheritance, the promise that Abraham had. So let's pick up now in chapter 4. And the first part of chapter 4 here is about our inheritance. And I'm not going to go through all of the verses throughout chapter 4 because I need to get y'all out of here. Um, I told Chris earlier this week, I was like, babe, I'm not going to read the whole chapter like you have been. He's like, don't. He's like, I don't normally do that. He said, but God laid it on my heart to do that. I was like, good, because I'm like, uh, there's certain things that stick out to me that I really feel led to share, and it's not in the whole chapter. So we're going to get through this today, guys. But it says in verse 1, think, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than, the slaves, than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And, what's, and that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the spirit, or when, let me start over. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who are slaves to the law so that we could, we so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now we are no longer slaves, but God's own children. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. We get to embrace this promise this is our inheritance, not just the, 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 the people in the church of Galatia that he was talking to here. This is our promise. So I think back of the story of the prodigal son. If you've never heard that story, I'm going to just throw it in there really quickly. But the prodigal son, it was not time for him to receive his inheritance. But he wanted his inheritance because he knew what was right. You know, like most of us, we know what's best for us. So he said, to his father, I want my money. He gets his money. His father gives it to him. And he goes off and he does what all of us would do at this young age. And he squandles it. He spends it on all kinds of crazy living. And don't act like you wouldn't do it. 
okay? Because clearly this was a young person, you know, a young person at this time who was making irrational decisions. And you know, when you look back in your life, there were years that you were like, man, I wish I would not have done that. So he spent all this money. Then he came back to his father after realizing, like, it would be better to just go and be almost like a servant to my father than to live the way I'm living. And he goes back and his father embraces him. He takes him in. He gives him all the nice things. He gets ready to throw this big party for him. All the while, the brother who had been there the whole time, his brother, never left, didn't ask for his inheritance early, nothing like that, gets a little angry because he's like, I've been here the whole time and you've not done this for me. I've been in that place too. I've been in both places. We all have. We've all been both sons in this story at some point in our life. We've been there. And the father looks at him and he says, it's all been yours. It's been yours the whole time. Much like the scriptures in Galatians, in Galatians 4 says, is it's been yours the whole time, but for them there was a time period when the father would say, this is a good age for you to get this. But we no longer live under that. We now live under the new covenant where this inheritance isn't something we have to wait for. It's been given to us. We just have to step into it. We have to receive it. How good is that? That God's not like, I'm withholding this because you're not ready yet. I'm withholding this because you're not smart enough, not mature enough. You've not received this many degrees. God's like, it's all yours. You are my child. I've given it to you. Yes, there's bar- there's things that are probably I call like bumpers in our life sometimes. Like when you try and do something and all of a sudden you're like, the door's not opening right now. And we get angry and we get mad sometimes. But 15 years later, you look back and you're like, thank you, Jesus, that door never opened. That's our bumpers. But it's not because he's withholding his goodness. It's because that is his goodness. Is like, you know, when, when that time happens and these doors open, you look back and you're like, God, I'm so thankful that never happened. It is. It's true. His goodness is there. It's always available to us. And that's what Paul is trying to explain to us in the first part here of Galatians 4. You see, prior to Christ, we were like the sons who had a great, who had a great father with, with great wealth, but it wasn't fully accessible to us accessible until the right time. Make sure I said the word right. And now because Christ came in the human form and then sent his spirit, we have full access right now. I think that's just so good because sometimes we get in this mindset that it's not for us right now. I remember at one point in my life, I was talking to someone about, you know, coming to church and how God loves you and he's, he's ready to have this relationship with you. You just got to receive it. Like God's always ready and waiting and there. And the person said, well, I still got some life to live. I still need to do some things, like, like apart from God, like God's not with you anyways. And I'm like, that doesn't even matter. Like he's completely available to you now, no matter what you're doing. I'm not, I'm not saying go do stupid stuff. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But if you're going to do it, at least let him be on your side so he's protecting you and guarding you and being there with you. And Lord, let the Holy Spirit be speaking into you so that you at least are hearing something that's nudging you to say, no, I'm not supposed to do that. Whether we listen or not, it's up to us. But that nudge in your spirit's still there. 
It's still there. He's always with us. And that's, like I said, what Paul's trying to get through to us. You see, God sent, it says here, it says, God sent his son, born of a woman, of a woman under the law to set us who were born under the law free. This was a very real thing. And it was a very real or very understandable thing for the church in Galatia at this time. Because the law was ingrained into the people at this time. It was closer than it is to us now. What they were, they were so accustomed to, and I've talked about this before, the, the pathways in your brain are often like, like a well-paved path. And the things that you were so used to doing that you know you're not supposed to do, the reason you go back to them is because it's a well-paved path and you have to redo that path. That's what these, these people are having to do. Paul's trying to help them understand you've got to redo the path that you're used to. You were raised this way. This is not what it's supposed to be. These, these Judaizers are coming in and telling you this is what you're supposed to do. It's Jesus plus circumcision. No, let's repave that path. They were so used to this because it was just so close to them. We don't even fully understand that. We understand the things that our church of, in America tries to add to Jesus. We understand it from this perspective of the law. But they lived in it really closely to the law in the time of the law. And so for us, sometimes, and I'm going to say sometimes because it's not often easy, Sometimes it's easier at times to undo those pathways because we can see the goodness of God at a different level. They were still in such a, a young form, like a child form of seeing the goodness of God in the way that Jesus revealed to them. You know, it was like a, it was like a child, childlike uh, version of understanding that. You see... I heard this, uh, this quote earlier this week, and I had to share it with you. It says, grace contradicts the principle you get what you deserve. Grace contradicts the principle you get what you deserve. You see, living under the law, the Jewish people, the Gentile people, that was a part of their thinking, is you get what you deserve. That's why there was all these laws in, in, in practice. That's where there was all these uh, sacrificial systems set up because we don't want to get what we deserve, so we're going to do these things so that God's not angry with us, so that God will accept us, so that God will love us, so that we can be clean. Grace contradicts that principle because we don't get what we deserve. We don't. And Paul's going on. He, he proves that to us all throughout the book of Galatians. You see, this would be a hard thing for the Gentiles, and like I said, the Jews to receive because of how they saw life. You know, and, and sometimes it's hard for us, like I said, to understand how they viewed life compared to how we view life because of how close things were to them in the time frame or the timeline of Jesus versus our timeline. We're further along in the timeline, so we see things a little more clearly. They saw life so much in that way that you get what you deserve. This idea that we are heirs, that we are heirs of Abraham, that we are included into this promise by doing nothing on our own was mind-blowing. It was like it boggled their minds. They, it's how? How is this even possible? And that's how we are sometimes. 
We're like, no, I can't be included into that promise. I can't be an heir to God because it's mind-blowing to us that we don't have to do anything. We don't. Religion ruins everything, and we don't got to do nothing. We don't have to do anything. But we are heirs to the promise. And Jesus, I mean, not Jesus, Paul was trying to convince the church of Galatia who received that freedom when he came there blind. He was trying to help reveal to them that this freedom is still yours. No matter what the Judaizers come in and are saying to you, it's still yours. You still are a son of God or a daughter to the Father. You still are loved and accepted apart from any of these extra things. And we, like I said earlier, I feel like this series and this, uh, these messages sometimes feel like the string on the guitar. That's the same strum over and over and over again. But we all need to be reminded. I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded because simply I just told you, I can't remember what I preach sometimes week from week. And God's like, I'm going to remind you just in a different way. That's the book of Galatians. Galatians is I'm going to remind you again in a little different way, in a different story, in a different context of how good God is and that your freedom is worth it, that it's worth not adding to it. So week one, if you did not see it, I encourage you to go back and watch it. You can listen to it, but it's a different version when you actually see it. But I use this dress as an example, as the gift that God has given us. It was hanging up, and it was like, this is the free gift that we are given. And I said, if my husband gave me this dress, what should I do with it? And we all were like, you would wear it. You would use it. If God gives us a gift, we're to wear it. We're to use it. We're to allow it to be applied into our lives. We're to walk in it. That's what we're to do. But then I went in and during week one and I added all of these pieces of fabric to it because that's what we do is we add to what God's given us. We try and say, oh, it's Jesus plus baptism. It's Jesus plus serving. It's Jesus, Jesus plus your giving. It's Jesus plus whatever it is that, like Pastor Chris said last week, whatever it is that you feel like you have to do for God to love you and accept you, that's what I added to this dress on week one. And it was covered and it was no longer beautiful and it was no longer the original intent that God had given it to me to look like. That's why this week I'm wearing it without all the mess on it. You see, without all the mess on it, took time though. It took time. Just like what, what we have to realize with these, this church in Galatia is they had to undo some stuff because they kept wanting to go back to that way of thinking, that's what we have to do sometimes. I sat down and I pulled each staple out of this dress to be able to pull each piece of that fabric off to bring it back to a state that was like, this is what God's gift looks like. I'm not saying me and I'm not saying the dress. This is all an allegory illustration, guys, okay? It's an illustration. But I'm saying is we put so much mess on ourselves and we think that we're supposed to carry it, and we're not. But sometimes it takes time to undo that mess. And sometimes we don't want to set aside that time to undo that mess. But we're supposed to. Because you want to know why? It's worth it. The freedom is worth it. The freedom that may take time to undo the messy thinking, the, the things we're not supposed to add to our lives and add to Jesus, it might take time to undo it. 
to unthink it, to re- it's, it's renewing your mind daily. When the scriptures talk about that, it's renewing your mind daily. It's because it's so easy to go back. It's so easy to go back to the way of thinking that will bind us up. And that's not the goodness of God and the fullness of God that he has for us. We are his children and heir and not by what we have done, not by what we can do or what we will do, but because of who God is and who he calls us to be, his children. I heard, I hear a lot of stuff because I listen to a lot of different messages, but I heard someone say something that God said to me many years ago. She was preaching and she said, she said that she felt that it was her testimony that made her who God wanted her to be. And she said, I was sitting with the Lord and I was listening and she said, I realized that God told me I've always been who he wanted me to be. Apart from what happened to me, apart from what I'm going to do, what I will do, what has been done, any of it, I've always been who God called me to be. You guys have always been who God's called you to be. You are always loved and accepted and cherished and valued. You are always included into the promise. You are always an heir to the promises of God. Always. Even when you add to it, it's the goodness of God that says, I still see you and I'm still with you. Even when you add to it, that's a gift. That is a gift. When you give a gift and you expect something in return, it's not a gift. It's not. And we sometimes do that. We do that in life. We're like, if I get my friend this gift, then maybe on my birthday they'll get me some. Don't. It's not a gift at that point. It's attached to something. We've added something to it at that point. Transactional. Right. Right. Exactly. And this gift is free, like Paul's telling the church of Galatia. They received the freedom that God had for them only to start to go back down to the, the basic spiritual principles of this world as they were prior. That's what they were doing. Sorry. In verses 8 through 20, we're going to jump down there real quick, make sure I have time here. So the first part, guys, was talking about our our inheritance. This next part in Galatians is talking about the dangers of legalism and religion. Again, part of what Galatians is talking about all along, but it says, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. This is talking about the laws of the old covenant, the laws of God, the laws of Moses. All this just full of commandments in there. And this is what he's talking about in First Corinthians eight one through four. I want to read that real quick. It says, "Now regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, yes." 
We know that we all have knowledge but this about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. So what about eating meat that has been offered to idols, they ask? Well, we all know that an idol is not really a God and that there is only one God. There is only one God. It's telling us in here, it's love. It's love. You say, this is the thinking that Paul is having to counter here. And in, 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 uh, the, the trying to think here, in this context here in 1 Corinthians, this is the thinking that he was having to counter is why do we not eat these things? Why do we not offer these things to idols? That's the thinking. We don't even comprehend that fully. But this is what he was having to counter, the customs of their days and the rules and the laws that they were so used to. You see, for us sometimes, if you're in church any amount of time, this is kind of like the Sabbath. The, the church, Sabbath is great. Taking a day of rest is great. Is it something you absolutely have to do to be loved by God, to be a, a part of the promise? No. But for some reason, we still make it that way at times where it's like you have to do in order to be. Rest is great. Do you have to rest the way the world and the church has told you to rest? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 29 says, then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What you do isn't about rest. How you rest is about Jesus because Jesus is our rest. It's a paradigm shift here. Jesus is your rest. It says, come to me, all who are weary. You want to know when you can come to him? While you're at work at lunchtime and you are struggling to get through the day. Come to me, all who are weary. I will give you rest for your soul. You want to know when you can rest? When you're driving down 64 and you want to say really bad words because people are cutting in and out. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest for your souls. Do you have to wait till Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever day you consider your day off to get that rest? I sure hope not. Because if you live from week to week on one day of connecting with Jesus, it's not enough. He is our rest. Come to me, all who are weary. We don't have to wait for a special day to embrace the rest that Jesus has for our souls. We don't, and we make it about these rules of like, you got to have a Sabbath day of rest. I want to rest all week long because he's with me always. The spirit of God that lives on you on Sunday or Saturday, whatever day you decide to rest, is the same spirit that's in us every single day. And let me tell you, we need to live in this rest because this world needs us to live in this rest because this world needs to see the goodness of God. And he sees, they see the goodness of God when we are setting ourselves in that place daily, daily. Don't wait for one day a week. Don't live under that law. It's not worth it. I'm telling you, whew, that would be exhausting. Because in my strength all week, y'all wouldn't have me up here. 
You would not on Monday. I'm telling you, my, this is what my schedule looks like sometimes. On Monday after I preach or after Pastor Chris preaches is I'm having to take time to rest. Like, Jesus, I need this rest. Sometimes it looks like worship. Sometimes it looks like listening to other messages. Sometimes it just looks like just being. Actually, it's normally, it's sometimes it's Monday morning. Sometimes it's Tuesday that I get to that spot. But I have to. I have to make that time to do that. You see, I already said that, sorry. I'm going to skip down to verse 21 through 31. It says, tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? I'm going to pause right here. Y'all, this is like Paul, Paul's mic drop here. He uses the law to prove to them do you want to live under the law? Is this really what you want to want to do? And then he's like, I would just drop the mic right there. Have you even read the law? <laughs> That's how I hear him saying it, like talking to him like they're little. Have you even read it? Come on now. <laughs> do you even know what it actually says? Like that is like, if someone says that to you, you know, as a parent, when your kid comes up and says something like that, you're like, stop being a smart mouth. Because that's what, that's how I read this. Stop being a smart mouth. He says, he says, the scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his, from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment, fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of the promise. These two women serve as an illustration of God's two co- covenants. The firstborn, Hagar, Sorry, the first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai, where people received the law that enslaved them. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia, because she and her children live in slavery to the law. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman, and she is our mother. As Isaiah said, rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into a joyful shout, you who have never been in labor, for the descendant won't I can't read this morning. It's, it's the time change, y'all. It messed me up. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. 28 says, and you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want you to keep the law, just like Ishmael, the child of the born, the born by human effort, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the spirit of God by the power of the spirit. But what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son for the son of the slave woman will not share an inheritance with the free woman's son. So dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but we are children of the free woman. You see, I think this is interesting. And I love this. So many years ago, I had uh, had this whole revelation about this. and, And I love it because Often we hear it talked about um, only about how we are heirs of Abraham, which is true. But I believe there should be a follow-up question to that, and it's, who's your mama? (laughs) Because, I know that's funny, right? Because, you see, we are all heirs of Abraham. But who do we claim and who do we attach ourselves to as the woman we follow the mother in this story. It's all, it's all like an allegory. Okay, the story here. We are all Abraham's heir. But it's a story to help reveal a point to us. 
We have to be aware and be careful of which woman we're following here. Are we reverting back to the religion, the law, the slave woman? Or are we living as the free woman's child? Are we reverting back because that's the way we think it's supposed to be? That's the way we've always been told? Are we receiving the freedom that we have as Abraham's heir and Sarah's children? Abraham's heir and Sarah's heir. It was an interesting thing when I, when I was reading this and understanding this because we are children of promise, as the church in Galatia is, like Paul's telling them and reminding them constantly. And he takes them back to the law to reveal to them, who are you calling as your mom in this situation? Because we've read in another, uh, in another um, message series before we had talked about Abraham and we had talked about Sarah and we did all of that. We unpacked all of that. But who are we calling our mom in this situation? Who are we following here? If you don't know the story of Sarah and Abraham, it was that God had promised them a child. Okay? Like I said, we preached this months back, I believe I did. Um, he, he promised them a child, and it just wasn't happening because they just kept getting up in age. <clears throat> And, and Sarah took things in her own hands, and Sarah knew better what was best to do at that time. And she said, Abraham, go be with my servant, Hagar. And so Abraham, being the man of God he is, he did. And um, they bore a child, and then it wasn't still happening for Sarah and Abraham. And this was their promise, but they thought, well, hey, we'll make it happen this way. It happened that way. But then God, like he always does, is they got pregnant, and they had their own child. And because when you take things in your own hands, just like Sarah did, it got messy. It got not good in that household, Okay. But they had this child, and then she wanted to send Hagar away. Hagar got sent away, and then she came back. But the point of it is, is we have to choose, and we have a choice. Do we take everything into our own hands, like Sarah did, or do we allow God to handle the things? Are we going to say, you know what? I'm releasing these things. I'm not going to try and take control of it, because when we do, we're going to do what Sarah did. We're going to make a mess out of it. The promises of God are ours, and we get to choose who we're following. I think it's interesting because, like, when I got this whole revelation years ago, it was because I was trying to take things into my own hands that it was such a big deal. I lived in a spot where I felt, thought that I have to earn, I got I to gotta strive, I got to do all these things, so hopefully I'm accepted. Hopefully I'm seen as valuable. Hopefully I'm seen as qualified. Hopefully I'm seen as whatever it was that was going on in my head at that time. And I tried to take on all this stuff. I started clipping all those pieces of fabric that I did in week one to this dress, to who God called me to be. I started adding to it. Only to realize, like, why? Because it wasn't getting me anywhere. I was like the hamster that Pastor Chris 
put on the, the thing week two, and he put it on the social media things. It was his hamster just running in circles on the wheel. That's what I was doing because I was striving and trying to get acceptance from God, to get acceptance from people, to just be accepted and seen as valuable and worth investing in or whatever it was. And that's what I did. That was my adding to. That was my doing all of the things to try and be loved by God, to be accepted, to feel like I actually am able to to be used by God. And it was the undoing of all of that. It was pulling the, each little staple out of the dress that I had added to that sometimes didn't feel, you know, when you're pulling staples out, sometimes it, it pricks your finger like a little, like when you go to the doctor and they prick to test your blood. That's kind of what it felt like sometimes when I was undoing some of this stuff because I had to undo the way I was thinking. I was like the church of Galatia. I was having to undo what I was so used to, which was so easy to go back to. So on the path of undoing, I would have moments of being set free where I'm like, yes, I see it. I see that the promise doesn't, isn't depicted or dictated by me. I see that your goodness and your, your calling that you have isn't based on what I do and don't do. It's not about what I look like and don't look like. It wasn't about me. And it was so good because I realized I am the free woman. I'm not no longer the slave woman unless I choose to be the slave woman. I am the free woman. And I started claiming that for myself. I am a child and an heir of Abraham's promises. I'm a child of God and I am the free woman. No longer claiming the stuff that the slave woman would, uh, I can't even think of the word, represented. That's what it is. I wasn't claiming that anymore. And sometimes it's just a mind shift, guys. Sometimes it is. And sometimes we think, well, I'm not just going to walk around claiming all these things and saying all these things and and saying all these positive affirmations. over my. Sometimes that's just what we need to do. Okay, it, it, it's proven. It's not just some, some like, spiritual hokey-pokey thing. It's actually proven, right? Like, it's proven that when you start saying these things over yourself, psychologically it does something to you. What are we walking around calling ourselves? Are you calling yourself a child of God? Are you calling yourself an heir to the promise? Are you calling yourself women a free woman, men a free man? Are you calling yourself the right thing? It's important. Let's be people who shift our thinking, who allow what Paul spoke through the book of Galatians to actually shift our thinking, to put us in the right spot to know, you know what? It's already all mine. Just rest in it. Come to me, all who are weary. I will give you rest for your soul. If you find yourself in that spot today, Read that verse. Read through that verse. It is uh, Matthew 11, 28 through 29. Read through it and recognize it's Jesus that is your rest, not what you're doing or not doing. It's allowing the spirit within you to bless you. I'm going to be closing up right now with the worship team. Are you all doing a response? I guess so. So the, the thing I want to end here with is, is, like I said, we have a choice here. We have a choice in how we view ourselves 
and what, what we align ourselves with. Will we align ourselves with the inheritance that is, that's promised to us, that's given to us? Will we align ourselves as, as a child of God and receive the goodness that he has for us? Will we align ourselves with being free, just free? Will you receive the freedom? Because that's what Paul is telling the church of Galatia and what we're being reminded of this morning is that we have freedom. Just rest in it. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for this freedom we have. I thank you that you call us your children and that we get to, we get to rest in your goodness. We get to receive your love, your, your uh, inheritance that you've given us. We get to receive and call ourselves free. What a promise, God, that you have given us. I thank you for that. I pray that each person today is reminded of each of these things, that they are loved, that they are a part of the promise, that they are free. In Jesus' name, amen.